The Football Show on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports I'm prepared to end it like I can well, to do play it play again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now you're welcome along football show. Kenny Cunningham is in the house. Kenny, let's talk some football. <laughs> let's talk, park it now. You've talked let's enough. Park it. Let's park it. I'm just happy to your glow, Joe, your glow. Yeah. Just wanted to look uh, to come in this evening and experience it. Well, it's a great time. Feed off it. Feed off it. I tell you what, this time next week, this time next week, we'll be getting ready for kickoff against France. Aviva Stadium will be hopping. Oh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, coincidentally, yeah. Oh, I'll double that would be. What a double that would be. Are you doing... I'm hopeful. Or to you commentary? No. No? Ah, no, no, no. Ah, no, no. I often see you there. See me where? At the... At the Aviva. Ah, no, if you... Ah, keep no. me head down, keep me head down and... You don't even say hi to I was going to say jump over the turnstiles there. <laughs> That's the worst part when you do commentary for that other crowd is that we're in the row right behind you. And at some stage you'll turn around and go, oh, all right. And that will be the end of the conversation. Nothing. It's like you don't know us. It's like the enemy, isn't it? It's like the enemy. <sighs> Just for one, one night only. One Jeez. night only. It's unbelievable. Usually a bit of radio. Uh, usually a bit of radio do down there. That's what I'm talking about. The, the night of the game. Yeah. Are yeah. you not doing radio? I haven't looked. I haven't looked. I haven't even looked that far ahead. I'm. I'm not. Oh, that means. Want me to organise, Joe? That means you are. Want me to organise? From there, I'm there. You'll see the back of my head. <laughs> you look there. You'll see the back of my head. Well, we always say we're better off without you on those nights. <sighs> don't be uh, trying to nick any of me. Uh, we get a little food hamper there, don't we? Down the down the front, you don't do. You lot. I get the dinner downstairs. You and Stewie born. So, let's uh, talk Premier League weekend that was an FA Cup weekend, indeed, and then we'll talk oh, next week. It's all confusing that I'm not a fan of it at all. The FA Cup stroke Premier League weekend. Mm. Not for me. Doesn't work. Well, you'll have to cope. <laughs> Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte, he's uh, grabbed the headlines. So Southampton three, Spurs three from three one up. Oh my god, that game! Three three. So and, he, and we'll, we'll hear from him in a, in a few moments' time. But he's using words like selfish and excuses. From what you saw, what is it about his players that you oh. think is irritating him so much? Well, you can't just look at it um, off the back of the performance at the week. And this has been a reoccurring theme for uh, Tottenham all season. This type of uh, performance, Joe, from Tottenham. And I've spoken to a couple of Tottenham supporters uh, about it. And I mean, they're being, literally being tortured, Tottenham supporters this see. It's literally mental cruelty in terms of what they're having to see. And I've, I don't think, I'm not sure if we spoke about it before. I have spoken to somebody about it and it's... I've I've never seen it to be honest with you. I, I, I'm talking any team. I wouldn't even say like an elite team uh, competing at the top end of the Premiership. Even the teams at the bottom this season, teams in the bottom four or five, teams are really struggling, Joe, and have done for the majority of the season. We know who they are. I can't say I've looked that kind of Bournemouth uh, this season. Even kind of Southampton, West Ham, Everton, those type of teams, and regularly looked at Mantar. Oh, they're not trying. You know, there's a real lack of application amongst even the teams down there who are really struggling uh, for most of the season. Lack of quality uh, from them. 
um, uh, lack of confidence to a sentence but in terms of application and kind of attitude generally speaking it's there you can argue now they're not good enough they'll go down because of it fair enough but I don't see that real kind of lack of like mental resolve application determination you know going out and doing the fundamentals you know going out running tackling tracking back running ahead of the ball you know being vocal encouraging people all the kind of bases are given that you take with any, any professional uh, player or group of players and Tottenham's the only example, I, I just don't see it, the only team that kind of stands alone. I've looked at them so much this season and I'm thinking, what's going on? What's going on with this lot? They're just like going through the motions, haven't got out second gear. They look, it's a, It looks like a funny old group to me, the dressing room. And it shouldn't be that because they tick a lot of boxes in terms of the, uh, like senior players in there. You'd look at them from the outside and you think, well, that's spawning the team strong. Kane, Son, experienced players, good age, Hoiberg to an extent, Dyer, Loris, Ben Davis, these type of players, solid uh, backbone to the team, experienced players who you could trust and would drive that dressing room, wouldn't allow standards uh, to drop. You know, it would be kind of quite demanding and vocal and, you know, younger players would take their lead from that. You know, that type of thing, which is kind of rolled out, you see in different dressing We've all experienced it. I'm not too sure it's in that. Sports dress. I look at Kane, I look at players being interviewed. Kane being interviewed, Dyer being interviewed. Quite sullen characters. Do you think Kane's trying? No, I'm not sure it's as sim- simplistic as that. He's trying. He isn't trying. But certainly in terms of like just mentally, that kind of real kind of focus when you go on the pitch. You know, when you leave the dressing room most weeks, you know, he's saying that everybody's saying the same things. Every dressing room up and down the country. Yeah. Right. Let's start well. You know, high intensity, win your force tackle. You know, that's you know, let's start you know, let's start well, let's let's put them on the on the back foot. You know, and again, like I said, all the basic, all the kind of uh, fundamentals, but it's just not there. The amount of time sports have started slowly, first half, just can't can't get going. Suddenly it, it needs a trigger second half for them to find something, and then they come on strong, and then you think, well now they look a good side, but it doesn't happen often enough. So for me it's like so ultimately the manager's gonna uh He's going to pay the ultimate price, isn't he? The manager's responsibility, uh, ultimately, and he's going to go. We understand that. You can argue about he's calling out Levy and he wants to go. I understand that. There's, there's an extent, yeah, there might be some truth in that. But fundamentally, what he's saying, what he had to say in that interview, I know a little bit's lost in translation, but yeah, I'm all over that. Because I've, I've been seeing that all season with this sport, uh, sports team. I really have, Joe. But what, what, what's the explanation? I don't know, because... When a team regularly goes on the pitch. In, it's interesting... When you talk about a culture in a dressing room, the reason I ask about Kane is he strikes me as ultimate diligent professional. And you would look at a dressing room and you would say, well, if the senior pros are a good batch, that will filter down. Kane looks like a decent leader. Yeah, but what depends what you mean by a good good pros for me aren't just worried about uh, themselves. Now, a good pros like being prepared well and all that type of thing make sure your game to an extent it stems up to a certain level it's a bit of a selfish uh, yeah. thing we all have that a little bit but a good pro for me it's bigger than that isn't it it's about the team the collective the dressing room it's about dragging more out of other people around you it's a team game there. so that's a on, on that point I'm not sure, so sure Kane is that yeah, personality I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure they have too many of them I, I look at uh, uh, Dyer looks a very quiet introspective uh, type of fella is he the one in the kind of dressing room the younger players look at and really gravitate to even in terms of personality yeah. Lloris doesn't strike me as inspirational no nonsense yeah. captain Son looks self-contained as well 
Yes, so, yeah, so this is what I'm talking about. I think that dressing room is pretty unique. So the normal um, rules don't apply with those uh, senior players. That's what I'm saying. It they looks look like a sullen. Yeah, a yeah. little bit of a... No, I don't think it's because I'm not interested in anything. We know Kane is driven by those individual accolades, Spurs top scorer, chasing... Uh, uh, Shearer's Premiership record England the whole uh, shebang and that's all well well and good to a point but it can't, be, it can't be at the expense of the group and whether he's looking a little bit down the line in terms of the summer and, and the next move you're going to talk about Kane in particular I don't think it's all about Harry Kane don't get me wrong but he is a factor in it so that's what I'm scratching my head it's hard to put your finger on it Joe but their performances this season has been it's been a consistent theme all season and I haven't seen it in any other team wow. where they almost literally it's through the motion kind of down tools lethargy oh can't be bothered you know what I mean yeah. kind of just kind of stu- it's like Frankenstein it's only like a Frankenstein team you know just stumbling stumbling and too and, often and for you that explains why so many bad first halves and then a degree of oh right we better come back here the trigger that suggests a team that aren't in the right mindset yeah, I think so yeah it's game. a mental cl- uh, collective in there because Kane scored 25 goals like he's taking care of his own business we're talking about the culture of the whole dressing room that's another argument in terms of whether he is taking uh, I think the goals thing's an interesting one uh, with Kane. I think it's too easy now to look at Kane 2025 oh, he's doing his he's doing his stuff well he's doing his stuff when he gets in positions in around the penalty box and he's in a position to score we know how good he is but as he's doing his stuff our possession when Spurs haven't got the ball I'd, I'd argue he's not and it hasn't been for quite some time in terms of closing down and yeah work and I'm not sure physically he can do it so this for me lends itself into a really interesting argument about Kane in the summer for me there's only one club he can go to and that's Manchester United because he's going to stay in the Premiership for the reasons that we said yeah. individual accolades chasing those uh, records so he's going to stay so the only club he's got for me is Manchester United and it seems to be a given oh, Manchester United desperate to get him up there because they need goals yeah. as if that's it so for me, I, th- I think it's I think Ten Hag's looking at this a little bit different. I think he's looking at Kane, thinking, "Well, oh, absolutely, I want those goals," but the drop off. I've just got a number nine out of the football you're club. This is Ronaldo and, part two. Yeah, I've just got a number nine out of the football club. It was exactly that. We've got to carry our possession of the football in terms of the press, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now I'm going to go and get another one in do, in, do, in, in a you, similar vein. So with Ronaldo, he didn't have the legs to press. Do you think Kane? The issue is legs or, or or application. I think it's both. I don't think uh, uh, from a from as an athletic point of view he can do it. You look at Weghorst at the moment. People say, "Well, he's starting the game." Now Weghorst isn't starting the game because his individual quality, how good he is when United are in possession. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a clinical goal scorer. For me, he almost plays because how good he is out possession. Did you see more from Kane off the ball in recent years? No, I, I'd, I'd say maybe five years when Pochettino was there, four three three, and he had that little, you know, more, played with more intensity, kind of pressing. Yeah, th- there was more there, but I think he's different. Was he thirty thirty one? So I see a drop off yeah. now, just in terms of how uh, physically young. he can get it's, it's physically he can get ter- it. And it comes to us all. Comes, it comes to us all at, at, at different points. But I, I look, again, look at him Saturday. Oh, Joe, Joe, he's literally walk. And do you know, do you know, someone trying to kid you on, trying to close down the centre half, but he's not. He's not closing. He's getting to 10 yards of him, seven and a half steps forward. He walks into another. He walks into traffic. He walks into people to get away from. You can see it. I'm seeing it there in front. It wasn't just Saturday. I've seen it all season, probably la- uh, last year as well. So that's going to be an issue for me. For I'll be absolutely fascinated. Because, like I said, people think it's a given. Kane, one year to go, 60 million, uh, job done, easy decision. Got to get him up there. Goals. 
I understand the goals but it's the flip side as well and the modern game now Joe that argument like 15 years ago or whatever when I played yeah we'll carry him he's that good and oh, we'll carry him no problem I, I don't think there's too many managers no. now that'll suck that up so I'm fascinated to see what'll happen with him but I have a lot of sympathy for Conte in terms of uh, what he had to say and I think it's just come people will say oh you're digging out the place and I'd be the same it's the last resort you go public and dig out your place it's literally you know you're trying to grenade in there but he's obviously you know he's tried to he's tried to protect them you know he's tried to circumnavigate it but obviously yeah, he's at the point now where that's it there's, there's nothing else I have to this is it I've got to throw a grenade into the dressing room yes. there's nothing else left I'm conscious people maybe have better things to do with their weekend than watch Antonio Conte's press conference so to give you a sense of what he was talking about Arthur do we have the audio so we'll play the audio and, and I'll read out some choice quotes in a moment but the audio uh, gives a real sense of his emotion and his sense of irritation uh, to be frank so here's a little taste of a Conte post-match after 3-1 down to 3-3 against Southampton you are finding an alibi another another alibi you try to find alibi or an excuse for, for, for the players okay continue continue to do this to find excuse for the players you do only this you do only this Excuse for the players, yeah, but the players maybe my my future and then okay, they they lost they lost confidence, they lost spirit, they lost to, to be a team. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Try to protect, try to protect every time and uh, this situation. Ah, come on, come on, come on. We are professional. We 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 paid. The club paid us a lot of money. The players receive money. Me receive money. You understand? Not to be to find excuse and uh, don't have spirit or, or, or don't show the sense of belongings or don't show uh, sense of responsibility because we are showing this. And for me, this is unacceptable for me because this is the first time in my career to see a situation like this. And until now, I wasn't able to change, not to change, but compare last season, the situation went to become worst. Why, Antonio? Why do you think it is like this? Why? Bah, I don't know, because they are used here. They are used here. Don't play for, uh, for, uh, for something important. Yeah, and uh, they don't play. Uh, they don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's easy in this way. And Tottenham, Tottenham story is this: twenty years that there is the owner and never won something. But why? Yeah, like it's a devastating diagnosis. Yeah. And it's from the manager and people have said, well, is this self-serving, go public? Maybe there's a bit of that, but I think I would tend to agree with you. He sounds like a man there who's gone nuclear because last season I seemed to get through to them. It's worse this season. It's worse this season. And he said later on in the press conference, until now I tried to hide the situation, but there are 10 games to go and some people think we can fight. Fight for what? With this spirit, this attitude, this commitment, what? Seventh, eighth? 10th and as he mentioned in the clip we played he later said I'm not used to being in this position I'm really upset everyone has to take their responsibility I want to see fire I haven't seen it 
I said I want to see fire in their eyes and their hearts. I want to see the right spirit. Uh, training sessions on the pitch. I mean, it's funny. There have been times over the last uh, couple of years when Roy Keane might be in punditry and they'll come to him and ask him about Spurs and he'll sort of say, Spurs, isn't it? Like, it's Spurs. And I would think, well, come on. It's a bit simplistic or that. You know, yeah. different teams to the one you played against, different culture. But even Conte is saying there, yeah. same owner, not used to doing it the right way. Mech. No, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. It's there. That kind of soft uh, underbelly. It's there. We've seen it all. We've seen it all season. What about now, the self-serving the, you know, argument? No, the, you know, the yeah, the alter the alter argument would be maybe the Spurs players mentally are in a bad place because of the dynamic between them and the manager over a period of time since he's been there. How he interacts with the players in terms of what he demands of the the players, maybe on the train uh, the train pitch, maybe over a period of time that maybe the players are. Oof, maybe uh, stop listening maybe because of him his kind of personality his man management style which I think that might be the opposite argument so I take that maybe uh, to a point but even as I'm saying that I'm, I'm cringing a little bit it's weak it feels a bit weak even to make that doesn't help don't get me wrong you know we've all had managers not a massive fan of him oh, I'm not sure but ultimately you're right it's your responsibility to come together in the dressing room when you're walking onto the pitch right lads about us now you know, forget about what the managers have to say, or you're not happy with this, that, the other. Let's get on the pitch and let's just do the fundamentals. Let's get out there and do the fundamentals. He's talking about kind of spirit for in their eyes. So that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That was that real kind of intensity to go out and to impose yourself, to dominate your man, to demand of others uh, around you. You know, that type of thing. I think he's right. Now, you could argue, is he culpable in that? Yeah, possibly so. I mean, I'm a big fan of Conti personally. I uh, always have been. But I imagine he can be difficult at times, you know what I mean? And uh, maybe to deal with on a one-to-one level, maybe a little bit cold, distant. You know, he's got that Italian mentality, speaks about Italian football, professional. You know, you get paid, you got torn up and, you know, put a performance in. You know, you're getting paid, this is it. So we're professionals. You know, that, that type of real Italian kind of uh, mi- mindset. Maybe he's got a, like, you could argue, maybe slightly different approach yeah. with a different type of dressing. You've got to be more of a little chameleon. As a manager, oh, this is a, this is a funny old dressing room. This, few, ooh, few strange personalities, and you better be careful yeah. how you speak to them. Yeah. So he's got to tiptoe his, uh, his way around that a little bit if you wanted to flip it the opposite way. But we are where we are with Spurs. But he's right. Spurs are sitting fourth place, or uh, fifth, is it now? Fourth, but games Just in hand. Just fourth, games them. in hand. Exactly. And people would say, wow, the great position Spurs they can still go. But he's, think, he's looking at thinking, no, we've no chance. Well, from what I've seen all season, how, how are things going to change between now and the end of the oh, season? Well. Well, that's the next question. His contract's up at the end of the season anyway. Uh, the report in a piece I read in the Daily Mail is Daniel Levy is uh, considering options and he has spoken to Conte because, you know, Conte did reference same owner and same old situation. So I think he's given assurances. I wasn't talking about you. I wasn't saying, oh, you're the problem. You're the you know, yeah. same owner. Yeah, I didn't take Same that, result. Yeah. It's about it's very much about the players and uh, Levy is taking advice whether he reaches out to senior players and inquires as to whether this is repairable or where they are, I don't know. Uh, is that manager-player relationship now completely severed, in your opinion, based on Conte going public? I suspect he said a lot of this to the players already privately, but the going public, is, is that like... Is it, yeah, generally is it speaking, done? generally speaking, yeah, the players, I think, would would wash their hands of you in those uh, situations. So, yeah, so that's tough. It's going to be really... You'd like to think the players can rise above that and put the you know put the the, the team the club 
kind of forced because what's at stake still a huge amount to kind of play for yeah. but generally speaking their perception of the manager and what he's done the perception will be he's trying to shove us under a bus here he's trying to protect himself no I don't think it's as simple as that you know I think he speaks from the heart there Conte he's at his, his wits end uh, almost with the players but I think the players perception will be a little bit different be, ca- be a case of he's looking after himself he wants to get sacked it's all about him and I think almost. people will say you, you, you're being a touch naive that like, of course there's a self-serving on Conte's part He's no fool. He knows what he's done here. He's taking advantage of the Spurs' reputation and saving himself because he knows it's not going to happen. Yeah, but it's only like a couple of... He's out of contract in the end of the... Yeah, but he's saving himself. End of the season. He's blowing the whole thing up. He's like, this is how terrible they are. Yeah, and Kenny Cunningham swallowed yeah, it Yeah, you know, I, I, I understand. I understand. But I think he's right at the end of the day. I think he's telling uh, hard truths. That's the redeeming yeah. point. And I think, you, you might say he's finished there. I think with this group of players, he's kind of finished. But the argument is, can you... The, do you build a team around that spine of players that we're talking about going forward, even a new manager coming in? Or does Levy look at Conte and say, yeah, I'm still having this fella, so I've got to back him. And in the summer, not only not only has Kane got to go, that core group of senior players that I'm talking about are providing that kind of leadership in there, they've got to go as well. Doris got to go, Loris has got to go. Daniel Levy is not a, let's have a big summer of spending kind of a chairman. Well, now, well, that's that's fair enough. Then Conte's got to go. That rub is always going to uh, that con- rub is always going to be there. His so that's the likelihood. Up. His contract is up. Well, like, it, it, I think he's done. It's just a case of whether it's now or summer. But it, my I mean, argument would be if look if if for some time now Levy's been thinking right, he's off. Yeah. He's off, it's done. Has come out publicly and said it, which he wouldn't do because he's still in a decent position. Doesn't want to rock the boat. And if he's making a couple of co- uh, phone calls in the background, or, or intermediaries have been talking to, let's say it's Pochettino saying, look, this job's here in the summer. Do you want it? Yeah, I'll have it. Right, let's put it on the backbone of the summer. So if that's a given, and that's, that's is, this is a big jump from, from my point of view, uh, Pochettino's uh, told him, assured him that he will take the job in the summer. For me now, off the back of what we saw at the weekend, you get him in now. Okay. I think I think that from of, of everything that we've said, that makes the most sense now. Because that cha- uh, change room isn't going to change between now and the end of the season. That dynamic isn't going to change between the players and the manager. So, so what can you what can you do? Can't change the players. Get the manager out. Pochettino's got a good relationship with the senior players in that dressing room. See, can he spark something? Yeah. Can he get a reaction? Get those players on side Scramble and get Champions a bit of forward League. momentum. Yeah. Between now and the end of the season. Oof. Very interesting. And even the timing. International break. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't like a, a let's repair this the next morning everyone look I got a bit carried away let's all be friends this is like 10 days of stewing on this thing imagine the players oh my goodness uh, we've got to take a short break our football show coverage brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport Premier Sports back with Kenny in just one sec Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Mentality monsters are going to use the word with the Orange Rugby team Take it off Liverpool (laughs) Let's take it off the Reds and let's attach it to the Orland Rugby team OTB AM Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Hey, welcome back. Kenny Cunningham with us on the Football Show, which is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Because of your uh, stunningly good take there on Spurs, I'm not going to get to everything I want to get to. That was bloody interesting. 
you got to get to you got to get to the title the title race the okay. sprint okay okay let's do that then Arsenal 4 Crystal Palace 1 Bakaya Saka scoring two goals uh, Martinelli 13 Premier League goals as well Xhaka yeah. scoring Xhaka it's going nowhere uh, so they're in a great place oh. even their reaction to conceding a 3-0 banging of fists and a team not happy to concede spoke volumes I was watching match of the day too and uh, Bakaya Saka lot to like there in terms of his attitude so uh Jason Mohammed was uh, presenting and Martin Kelm was on the panel and he was just saying to Saka about the fixtures ahead. He was like, you know, Martin, Martin was just saying, be cautious some of these games at Anfield and, and the Etihad, you need to, you know, you've got a bit of fear about them. And, and uh, Saka interrupted Jason. Right, didn't say uh, that. Yeah, right. he interrupted Jason's question, turned to Kelm and said, were you? And Martin was like, well, you know, and, and Saka said, no, no, I want to hear what you think. And uh, Keown had to say, I just think, you know, Eddie had Anfield, you've got to be careful. These are big games. Saka, no, no, no. Great. And uh, it was good. Uh, Keown had an air of fear. Saka had an air of youth and adventure and, and uh, just uh, yeah. loving, loving life. That's how so. they've played, isn't it? All season, Joe. They've Same played. Co- co- cross my mind. Played with that yeah. freedom. Oh, I just probably referenced a couple of weeks ago. It uh, was back-to-back games. Uh, uh, Aston Villa, wasn't it? And Leicester two games Partey was out for both Jorginho came in there was a bit of a drop off but they got it done they got it 4-2 late goals at Aston Villa 1-0 weren't at their best against uh, uh, um, Leicester got it done and then seemed to have found their mojo again the last couple of games it's back you could even sense it cover the game at the weekend oh, atmosphere it's, it's absolutely raw, raucous in there Talk, speaking to uh, a couple of lads who were at the game saying, "Oh, it's it's unbelievable! It, it, it's ama- and you can sense it. It's co- it comes through the screen even when you're uh, watching the game." Yes, and and they're back. The mojo's back. That game against uh, Palace, the intensity was talking about Spurs lack of intensity from the force whistle, bang at it at teams grabbing the ball off them. You know, sustain sustain pressure. Spurs like, <laughs> Jesus, I, I couldn't get any more unspurs like. <laughs> and when they lose a joke, hunt you down. Yeah hunt you down desperate to get the ball back off you as quickly as possible it's so impressive that performance again at the weekend type performance we saw earlier in the season Kenny you're speaking like a man who believes oh yeah I, I think they'll do it I probably have done for some time to be honest with you obviously when City won that game uh, a couple of weeks and got back to in touch and distance it was back it was 50-50 uh, again but they've cut, like I said they've come through and for me they're back and I think that result you know we had I think we had the conversation a couple of weeks ago, didn't we about uh, Europa League and the and the league Arsenal do, both does one marry up uh, with the other can one compliment will they feed off does he does he want to win both and I was kind of I think he does I think he's hungry to win both and I think he was but going into extra time and that sport in the Lisbon game uh, last week, Arsenal, I was looking at it. They'd lost the two uh, def- uh, def- uh, defenders. Saliba had gone off and Tomiyasu had gone off the pitch. And I looked at it then I thought, you know what? The best thing, in terms of their title challenge, I think the best thing is they go out tonight. We never had that conversation. Did we not? Had it with somebody else. It's good to see the presenters <laughs> are that interchangeable in your mind. But this was it, you know, because there's no right or wrong. Sometimes staying in both competitions feed off uh, each other. Momentum, and it's, 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 it's momentum, yeah. the whole thing. Games come thick and fast. You're winning all the games. Everyone's playing a part of his buzz. You know, that forward momentum you can't. Sometimes you think, oh, it doesn't matter the European. You drop out there, the disappointment of coming out. That You know what I mean? You can disrupt that. Yeah. But in this instance, I think it's going to help them. 
I think being able to play now predominantly week to week and preparation, you know, he's good on the detail. Arteta, just in terms of the recovery as well, the players, a couple of key players coming back, uh, less games in comparison to Manchester City, less chance players becoming injured, particularly those key players that we spoke about. Saliba be one of them, Party to a certain extent, even kind of maybe Saka thrown to that category as well. So for me, it's actually a good thing. Only time will tell, don't get me wrong. But if they, they can keep rolling out these type of performances that we saw, so I know it's Crystal Palace struggling to an extent, although I thought Palace done reasonably well, to be honest with you, in terms of how they set up. Paddy McCarty was in charge. I, thought I couldn't, didn't think he could have done any more. Oh, Martin Keown. Heard him on TalkSport today. He said the way Paddy McCarty set that side up proved to him that he's not up to this level. Tactically. He's not? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't hear what Martin Cowan said. He said what, just what I told you. It proves to me, because I thought it was a very harsh comment, and he's Patrick Vieira, former teammate, and I thought, wow, he's really knifed him there on radio. Yeah, he no. said, that proves to me, the way he set Palace up proves he's not tactically at the level uh, required. No, it doesn't make any sense. He brought Milojevic in and paired him up with the core. They give a good defensive screen. He pushed Schlupp in a, like, almost a number 10 position, getting contact. Uh, with parity, you know, front three took care of themselves. Uh, Zaha, Zaha was a bit loose out of possessions, defensive discipline. That was the only thing. That's an indiv- that's an individual thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But the rest of it I thought was fine. I thought the defensive structure was good. Open at 25 minutes. They carried a good at- attack and threat. Hit the post um, early on. Uh, Zaha could have gone ahead. 3-1 down. It should have been 3-2. I thought, again, uh, Zaha uh, could have scored. Then it's game on, then a 3-2. So, yeah. no, I wouldn't agree with that at all. That's a bit of a sidebar now. But, yeah, but I just think Arsenal, just on it, they're, they're absolutely at it. And you look at the, even the fixtures now, I'm talking about games week to week. The next four fixtures, they play Liverpool away, you've referenced that. It's Southampton, uh, it's uh, West Ham, and another team, one more team uh, towards the bottom, the, the next four games, and Leeds. So that's the next four four games. Plenty of points there. Mm. Even the Liverpool game, oh, Liverpool away. The way this Arsenal team's playing. Going up to Anfield, that absolutely can you see the amount of problems they're going to cause? Yeah, Liverpool, they're kind of front four, Odegaard in there, and you know, everybody joining in. I mean, you could easily see them going down to Anfield and winning. That could be four wins on the spin. Then they got one small period, they got the uh, the city game, they bounce from that, they play uh, Chelsea and Newcastle at uh, the end of April. So, so that's it for me. Those three, they come out those three games ahead of uh, City, I think they're, they'll win it because they got Wolves, Notts Forest. Uh, last three games and uh, Brighton two of them are at home so going into those last three games they're ahead of point ahead of Manchester City they, they win it well you're Be- forgetting you're forgetting one thing and it's our next port of call Evan <laughs> Ferguson <laughs> uh, we're going to have to park Manchester United and Mitrovic and all that business for another time because I do want to talk to you about this night next week where uh, right about this time next week the atmosphere will be cooking uh, France in town Evan Ferguson's two goals first of all against Grimsby in the FA Cup haven't seen them I don't need to to be honest with you have you not seen them no genuinely no, this is what I'm t- t- uh, telling you about FA Cup weekend and oh Kenny disaster like these are quality yeah. goals yeah I don't need to Joe to be honest with you I've seen enough well seen enough from uh, what you love about the first goal ball comes at him shoulder height takes it down I don't want to say Zidane-esque <laughs> but I feel I may have just there uh, that's what it made me think of. Ball comes at him, shoulder height, takes it down, first touch. Second touch is very, very quick to set himself. And then the finish in the box, he rolls it in. Yeah. It's, it's Berbatov-esque. Let's yeah. not, let's not hit, kick the ball harder than I have to. And then second goal, nice bit of movement. Again, it was three touches and he was totally in control of the situation. Was go- going across goal diagonally and he just saw, well, keeper here, I can go either side. 
the corner I'm going towards is wide open. I'm just going to pass it in there and trot it away. I mean, there are really good goals. The question for you is, uh, does Stephen Kenny know his first 11? Do you think, uh, assuming nobody's injured and, and training goes as, as, as is, do you think Stephen Kenny today knows his first 11? And what do you think that will be? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's almost there. May, I'd say maybe one position. Which is? Uh, I think maybe left uh, left wing back, maybe two left wing back, and maybe one of the forward uh, positions, which would be interesting. The Lafia game. I mean, initially I was looking at that Lafia game, thinking, "Oh, could have done without that hole in the head, really." But it will give an opportunity potentially to pull a few parents out if he's thinking. Who? Because Evan Ferguson, we know that that conversation ended some time ago. He plays, he starts. Who plays up there alongside? I presume we're going to play with a front two and a narrow midfield three. Who plays up alongside Evan Ferguson? If he's still wrestling with that a little bit, maybe puts that pairing on the pitch against Lafayette for the first half. Evan Ferguson, Opafemi, maybe has a look at that. Adam Eda, mm, hasn't been in the squad for a while. Maybe has a look at him alongside uh, Ferguson. So that that I suppose that's one area in terms of the the front striking pairing. And for me, it's kind of, I think it's wing-back. The wing-back's an interesting one. I, I think Seamus has really come into the equation over the last a couple of months. And I don't know, I'm not talking actually in the back three. I think ask Seamus now, where do you want to play in this Ireland team? You say, right, the back three. Can I, joke, me. Yeah, can I joke people's memory and then you pick up the point? In September, and it feels like years ago now, let's discount the game, the friendlies, when Ireland were playing and the World Cup's, World Cup first yeah. game was starting. In September... They had that game against Armenia where they're 2-0 up and then there was, quote, Stephen Kenny, five minutes of madness, 2-2, Robbie Brady penalty in the last minute. And there was the 2-1 Scotland game at Hamden. So those nights, Bazuno was in boat nights. Bazuno was in boat nights. The back three, the same as what it would probably be, which is Collins, Egan yeah. and O'Shea. It was Doherty boat nights. And you remember against Scotland, he defended badly. He just didn't look himself. looked a bit, the word lazy was used or, or cumbersome. Doherty was in left wing back, McLean, against Scotland and it was Brady against Armenia uh, the midfield Malumbi Cullen Knight Hendrick went in when Cullen was suspended Cullen will come back in so that's Malumbi Cullen Knight and you've talked about the front two positions so it was McLean left wing back it was Brady the other night Doherty on the right yeah. asked Dan McDonald what he reckoned Dan will be in later in the week he reckoned it'll be Doherty right wing back and Odauda he thinks left wing back um, so sorry pick up the point you were saying the wing backs and Seamus you think is looking at Doherty's position yeah so no he's, so right of a back three I think would sue Seamus at the moment but I just feel as if this uh, standalone game because of the qualities that they have and the likelihood the possibility that Mbappe is going to be occupying that area area to pitch that inside left left uh, uh, wing position you want some really you want, you, you want your top defenders over that side of the pitch Nathan Collins will play right side of it three that's that's pretty much a given yeah. so who are, who's going to be the closest to him in that kind of right back position I'm a big fan of uh, Matt Dark, uh, uh don't get me wrong but I think this standalone game I think you, you need somebody who's smart a really sharp smart experienced your most experienced uh, defender to do a job, almost do a job, which I, is not what you want ideally in a right I, wing back. I, no, not right wing back. Can I ask the obvious question? Mbappe is faster than both of them. He's definitely faster than Seamus Coleman. 
Yeah, but it's not all about who's, who's the fastest. It's about who's the smartest. So, yeah, he's the fastest. So, who can recognise that? So, you've got to adjust your uh, position. You've got to show good anticipation. You've got to be smart. So, these, this is, these are the things that you use to counteract. that. Drive. And nobody can uh, live with Mbappe. Sure. You know, so you need to find a, a solution. So, the solution comes from having players there of good understanding of the game, experience, been in this situation before and can find a solution between because it's a collective thing isn't it it's not like one which one no. I'm not saying Seamus Combs going to do a job at that bay 1v1 it doesn't matter who it is 1v1's true yeah exactly yeah. but Seamus is smart and, and we've seen that we've seen that certainly the second half has created the defensive side of his game has really improved so I think for me Seamus almost you're putting your right wing back in this game and saying to him don't worry about the attacking side tonight. Yeah. Just get in there, stay behind the ball, get in, stay in contact uh, with Nathan Collins. Get your start. Don't get caught ahead of the ball. Don't let him in behind you. Just do a job. And if we're going to get any penetration, any natural width, we'll get it down the other side of the pitch. So that's why I think Callum Adela comes into the equation. So if you're almost going to sacrifice that area of the pitch down the right-hand side, say the same, just sit in there. It's, it's a container do a job, job for us. Yeah. Then yeah. you're almost like, where's that width? Where's that penetration going to come? And maybe Callum Adela, with his, you know, the speed that he has, might come into the equation. I think Robbie Brady's won, though, again, that left-wing back position for different reasons. Robbie's set-piece delivery as the best that we have in the squad you can't underestimate that in terms of if we're able to force you know three or four or five corners during the game some free kicks in the last third half a dozen of them his delivery could be absolutely key on the night as well so I'd be leaning towards a doubt or even Robbie Brady in that uh, mm. left wing back position now, that, that's harsh on Matt Dockley don't get me wrong because as a standalone yeah. who's best suited to playing that right wing back role for me it's Matt Dockley but this particular game against France I just see a slightly different no, it's interesting. in those it's kind interesting. of wing back areas you explained it very well are we fairly comfortable on Malumbi Cullen night yeah yeah yeah. I'm comfortable I, I like I like Alan Brown when he's in there to be honest with you because of the goal threat that he gives you I think he's a he's our best goal scoring kind of uh, midfielder yeah. Jason has great legs uh, Jason Malumbi they can get box to box tenacity the, the whole thing but Alan Brown when he arrives in the box I always think the ball's going to find him you know what I mean? Just senses yeah. where the ball's going to arrive. Yeah. So this game, you know, you know what I'm like in terms of right defensive mindset, like full on. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you got to find a way. How are we going to get up the pitch? You know, how we on you know transitions. We need to get. We need to spend some time at the game in their half the pitch. And when we do, who's likely to get us? Who's likely to get us a goal? And apart from your front two, obviously, who's going to be arriving from deep? Who do you trust to arrive and be clinical and keep calm when that those opportunities present themselves? And during his, his Irish career. Yeah, Brownie's kind of shown himself to be that type of player from those. So yes. I think uh, I think that's another option there. Maybe just to sacrifice to be well, it'd be Jason Knight or Jason Malumbi who'd be uh, sacrificed, and that's not an easy decision because we know what they give us from the defensive side again. The There's their kind of tenacity, uh, defensive discipline. Obviously, Jason's got to, uh, Jason Malumbi's got to be careful in terms of keeping himself calm and all those type of things. Can't be going to ground too often and expose himself in, in, in that respect. But yeah, so that's interesting for me. But I like the look of it you know that team that we're talking about there I, I like what I'm seeing there in terms of a real solid uh, defensive structure absorbing uh, pressure being comfortable in their defensive shape but also often a little bit the other side you know counter-attacking quick transitions Evan up front Obafemi his lightning pace in behind I doubt it may be giving us that from the left wing back position and Jason Knight and Jason Malone pick and choosing their cho- times to go and join in with that as well so that's like a real bit of counter thrust there for me in that team and I think that's where we have to play against this French team I don't think we'll, we'll get an option that's that's the way we will, we'll be forced to uh, play because of the quality which they have their ball playing ability but I'd be comfortable playing that type of game because with those players 
uh, on, on the pitch so I'm looking forward so I'm really excited oh, yeah. uh, I mean I'm super excited for the occasion it's going to be incredible my sense last September with the 3-2 against Armenia and the 2-1 against Scotland with a lot of the same personnel playing who will play next Monday was a, a touch de- dejection that we're still giving away stupid goals stupid is the wrong word but you, t- you take the point frustrating goals poor goals we're still giving away poor goals X number of years into the Kenny era uh, beaten away by Scotland even though there was a lot to like about that game it was a great game and a good performance and then they quote five minutes of madness against Armenia again it's it's frustrating and worrying that they're they're still lurking in there oh yeah oh, that's so, given Joe isn't it I mean individual so, so errors yeah and, and so that's a given I, that can't happen we know that that's, it's, it's, it's a slight worry it's still happening I suppose you'd like us to have come out of that September feeling a bit more battle hardened because you just wonder yeah but I think we found wonder. something Joe in the last with this kind of system when uh, Stephen imagine he went to this system uh, back for that narrow midfield three yeah. front two I just thought it suited us it kind of uh, it clicked you know what I mean I was a little bit more confident probably thought we needed it to be honest with you but when he when he when he did make that slight little tactical uh, change and got this extra midfielder in yeah. there for me I just thought yeah that's far better. We, we look we, we fancy more secure. You know what? I know we're not keeping we, like clean we, sheet. We were quite a while waiting for that switch. That switch was crying out to be made for a while. I felt, to be honest. Yeah, well, we got there. That's what I'm saying. We've got we, we we've got there. And uh, like I said, I like the kind of balance that balance is so important in terms against this French team. I'm talking about us maybe having to hurt them with the counter attack. We got to be so careful when we're in possession, and we start committing players in the forward areas. Uh, it a pitch I mean this French talk about count, quick counter attack this kind of French team so that's got we've got to be careful with that I think that's cost us at times as well in possession looking to open the pitch up and work the ball and commit players into the, in the forward area suddenly quick transition and jo- Josh Cullen's the only one in centre midfield yeah. giving protection yeah. to that back, back three unit who are stretched across the pitch yeah. you know he's got kind of 25 yards of open space either side of him that can't happen either you know so we've really got to be smart in terms of how we approach the game those individual errors and stuff that's given Joe that just uh, that just can't happen you know we've got to be smart even but, but sorry individual errors sure but you think the Armenia breakaway goals were wide open yeah. and I, I take the point Tuna up against Armenia is very different to nil all first ten minutes against yeah. France, but yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the manager and the coach and staff will be talking about that in the week. And this is what it's about: getting on the training pitch and working things out. Video analysis got to be careful. It is, you know, that midfield three. I'm talking about Jason Knight. Jason will be getting themselves forward in ideal situation, joining in with the front two. But yeah, they might have to dovetail yeah. a little bit. You know, I mean, Jason Malumbi goes on. Jason Knight might have to recognise that and just slide in with uh, with Josh Cullen in centre midfield. You know, you keep those two you know right side because we always have a defensive five back three and, and two, two centre midfielders yeah. at all times and again that's not a complicated concept for these guys yeah yeah no yeah no it's not complicated it's not complicated but it's just you know we need to do it you know we need to see those clear pictures we need to have clear understanding not get caught up in the game you know and the, you know you know, yeah, li- you know lose our discipline a little bit we got to go uh, very soon are you are you your confident feels like a churlish question against France yeah, no, what, what's your sense yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I've got to be honest. I'm. I'm not going into this game with any type of dread. I think that team that we're talking about, if uh, Stephen gets that team, uh, more or less, uh, onto the pitch, I, yeah, I, I think we've got a fighting chance. And you factor in a little bit of lethargy on behalf 
on the on yeah. uh, you can't you can't do that of course you've got to expect they're going to come up no, with but their they're, they're off you know what they're like a World Cup yeah, yeah you know that World Cup you know what they're like generally they can kind of coming off the back of the, the Dutch game as well maybe you know as well as that fact a little bit and they're not quite in terms of their uh, mentality not quite mentality monsters on the night we've got, to, we've got to take advantage I think we can OK well that's an optimistic note to finish on if Ireland get a result even you have to turn around to me and acknowledge my presence that's the kind of occasion this will be <laughs> our football show coverage brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and uh, Premier Sports. Kenny Cunningham, thank you very much. Nice one, Joe. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports.